This week on the Montana Mint Sports Podcast, we have a great show for you. Well, great for me. We get to talk about the Grizz loss against North Dakota. And not only was that a loss, it was an absolute blowout. The Grizz go on their bye weeks. We talk a little bit about what they need to concentrate on when they don't have a game this week. We talk about Montana State and their upcoming against Weaver. We do our second and 10. We give our crowns out. And we have a great interview with Chris Hammond from the Tubbs at the Club podcast. And we recap the Montana State-Idaho game from last weekend. We go over our gambling picks from last week and see who's the lead dog. Pick them for this week and look at the best games in the big sky. We obviously, the number one Stamps podcast that we are, talk about the Calgary Stampeders game last week against the BC Lions. We have an extra special Osweiler watch, and then we close it out for you. So let's go. back it's week eight we've had a uh, interesting start to the conference season we don't really need to introduce it anymore it seems like a just a weekly thing now but but bear tycoon do you want to talk about your grizzlies oh boy do do i ever want to talk about those grizzlies uh you know it, it, grizz fans right now are going through a a a crisis mentally about what to think about this team uh it's amazing. It's it is awful. Um, I think that you, you know, I don't think the sky is falling. Um, I think it's you know got to give Bobby Houck time to set up his system. But I mean, for God's sakes, we can't pretend that the past two weeks aren't anything but a huge pile of horseshit. Losing to Portland oh, and State Greece. and uh, getting blown out of the water by North Dakota. I mean, this is. This is bad. We're in a dark place. It's Grizz Twitter is unbelievable when things are going bad. And a lot of times I feel like they don't see the weaknesses in their teams. And then the first quarter in North Dakota happened and all hell broke loose on Twitter. Every Grizz fan that I follow was just freaking out, uh, saying it was the most undisciplined, underwhelming poorly coached team they had ever seen and i would just sat there scrolling through because uh, they were on quite a bit earlier than montana state and idaho uh, they were on at 12 yep. um and i just sat there scrolling through it and smiling and watching it on pluto and just loving life yeah well i'm not loving life um but uh, i think it's, i mean 41 to 14 it's awful. That's, i mean there is that's there's bad. no way to uh, to spin it right, like if the the Portland State game, you could be like, "Well, this is just a one-off bad game." An anomaly, a but, little bit of an anomaly. Yeah. yeah. Um, ooh, can I do something though? I have. Uh, yeah. I'm gonna do uh, my impersonation of you if you were a, okay. if you were a Grizz fan. Let's hear after it after the North Dakota game. So, okay. <clears throat> this is how you would be speaking. Get about, into character. Yeah. This is how you would sell it, knowing how your brain works. It's like, well. North Dakota is basically a top 25 team, and the game was at North Dakota. So it was a bad loss, but it wasn't that bad of a loss. And look, but for a bad bounce in the Western Illinois game, the Grizz would have won that. The Portland State game, you know, we win on that if, there, if it wasn't for another bad bounce. So if you really think about it, the Grizz are basically 6-1 and one with the only real loss coming at a road game to a powerhouse. 
Well, that's interesting that you say that because that's literally exactly what Bobby Houck said in the post-game press conference. <laughs> it's like you basically read Bobby Houck's press conference and said it was me. So You guys have the same brain. We, we must have the same brain because he said the exact same thing where he was like, you know, a, a bounce in Western Illinois, we win that. And in Sac State, I mean, I'm sorry, in Portland State, they win that game. Uh, you know, if they just make one offensive play down the stretch and... Yeah, they're still ranked and everything's still okay in Missoula. And this North Dakota game is an anomaly now. But um, yeah, so I guess Bobby and I do have that same mindset. But no, that starting out to watch that game against UND, uh, they got up early 14 nothing after a couple turnovers. Like before three minutes were done, it was 14 to nothing. And then you see Sulcer. He's going to be, by the way, if you want a silver lining on anything, Gabe Sulcer is good. Yep. He is fast. And so you saw him run the ball down to like the five-yard line, Grizz get it to the one-yard line, and they're about to go in to make it 14-7. to And they fumble, and North Dakota comes back on a 99-yard drive and scores. It's already 21 to nothing. I think the first quarter maybe was just ending at that point. And I think from then on you knew that this game was over. It wasn't going to be one of those Grizz comebacks. And they never sniffed this game after basically the opening kickoff. Yeah, it was not close at all. Um, another thing Bobby Houck said, uh, another thing Bobby Houck said, Nate, was that the <laughs> Grizz are an average football team. Yeah. He's like, based on what? Based on what evidence are the Grizz a football team? Are we well, sure they're average? Because Well, after last game, maybe football team is the right way to say it. Yeah, the uh, average football teams don't lose to Portland State. You know, there's no, only, nobody does. There's well, only two, two other schools. Have, but... That have lost to Portland State since the beginning of, of last year, and that's Northern Colorado and the College of Idaho. And we're the only team to lose on our home field to Portland State. We also just got yeah. the shit kicked out of us at North Dakota. So saying we're an average football team does not really make sense to me. We might just be like a bad football they team. They were I mean, UM was seven and four last year under Stitt, correct? Uh so, sounds right. Yeah, that's right. It's and he inherited this team and, you know, basically ran off Gresh Jensen, which we'll get to later. But uh it's a seven and four football team that brought back brought back some players and they haven't been able to do anything with it. So it's really interesting to see. And I know everybody's gonna say the same thing the Bobcat fans said about when they hired Choate and they had a disappointing first and second season was let him get his system, let him get his guys. But Choate also inherited a far worse Montana State team than what the Grizzlies were last year in Stitt's last season. So uh, interesting way to look at it when you bring back like the prodigal son, the golden kid uh, of UM football, and now he's two losses in a row and one was, I mean, both of them are absolutely horrendous losses, but getting beat 41 to 14 by anybody uh, doesn't feel good. Yeah, and I guess I have two more points on the Grizz. Um, Another... Well, so just the, the, you know, the sky seems like it's falling right now. The bye week is probably good for the football team, but as a fan, now we just have to sit with these two losses for an additional seven days. Um, and then come back against UC Davis. <laughs> yeah, but, you know, if they come back against UC Davis and win, like all of a sudden everything changes in Grizz fans' minds. And it, uh, I think it was in 2015 the Grizz started out the year 4-4, four and four, and then they won their last three games and made the playoffs. So... It, it, it's it's hard to look beyond what just happened because what just happened was absolutely terrible. Um, but you know, all hopefully, if Houck's 
worth his paycheck. He will have this team ready to play a very good UC Davis team, which could set the tone for the rest of the year. The other point I just wanted to make, uh, because I was, you know, I was a big Bob Stick guy. I liked him as our coach. Um, and a lot of folks are comparing this little stretch of this year to what uh, Stitt went through his first season, where he had a nice win in week one and then just kind of stumbled uh, for the next few weeks. The difference is that Bob Stitt, throughout all of his time with the Grizzlies, battled all sorts of injuries. And it went well beyond kind of just the normal injuries that happen throughout the nor- uh, regular football season. Stitt had to go through seemingly 25 different quarterbacks over the course of three years and was still putting together winning records. So I just I'm – I'm on board with giving Hauk time, but uh, I, I don't get why he gets more of a free pass than Bob Stitt did. Yeah, and, and um, it, it's interesting because, yeah, you do want – I mean, I think the best thing – for a Cats fan, the best thing the Grizz did was get rid of Stitt – right when they should have expected more from him the next season. You know, I think he had three years under his belt. His system was kind of coming into play. I would have been much more scared of the Grizz if they would have had Stitt this year than I am with Hauk. And has Dalton Sneed lost that magic that he had in the in the first, what, f- three, four games? I don't think so. I mean, Dalton I mean, he Sneed can't hit is... anybody right now. Yeah, but he, he is, I think, a small piece of an overall problem. Um, yeah, that, I mean, I wouldn't put it all on his shoulders yeah. for for sure. No, I mean, it, it's he obviously has played better games than this, but when I worry about the Grizz, I worry about their offensive line. I worry about their focus and their turnovers, and the turnovers obviously are uh, part of it. Is is Snead, but we're fumbling a bunch of these balls. Like it's just he's he's a small problem in an overall uh, uh, disaster of a couple weeks. Sneed so is not, Sneed you... does not crack my top five of things I'm concerned about. Okay. Um, so after the Cal Poly win, the Grizz, uh, they won 48, 28. They're going into Portland state four and one. Everything seems to be going great. It's homecoming. So when, if you go back, say you're going back to October 5th, that was the day before Portland state. And you're looking and you're seeing Portland state, North Dakota, Davis, Southern Utah, Idaho, and Montana state. Which of those games are you confident the Grizz are winning? Obviously, Portland State. Portland State, on October 5th, I was probably confident on the Idaho game. And then maybe... Obviously, Southern Utah, too. I, no, I don't think I would have said Southern Utah. Um, really? Southern Utah, the, we know, we've known since the beginning that they were better than their record just because they had such a such a really tough yeah, stretch to begin tough with. Schedule. So yeah. I, th- I think the uh, it's one of those games where I would have thought the Grizz would be favored, but I wouldn't be like, well, that's a win for sure. Portland State, so, Idaho, I would have felt comfortable that the Grizz were going to win those games. The other three, I, it would have been a coin flip. Now what are you now looking at it? Uh, we're fil- we're recording this on Wednesday, October seventeenth. So on October seventeenth, when you look at the remaining four games uh, on the Grizz regular season schedule, which ones are you confident in? Oh, zero. But I also okay. I, I'm also not in the place where you know I think UC Davis is having a great year. I think Montana State's having a very good year, but I don't think those are automatic losses either. I think the Grizz can beat. Probably anyone in the conference but Eastern with uh, Gage Gabrud. They could beat anybody in the conference, even 
Weber or NAU, you think they would stack up to anybody right now? Or are you just saying on any given day the Grizz could still beat anybody in the conference? On any given day, the Grizz can beat yeah. anyone in the conference. We still well, have a I ton think we of saw talent. that with Portland State. Yeah, yeah, we still have a ton of talent. Um, in Portland State, to me, that loss was about execution, um, not talent. This North Dakota game was was just a disaster. So yeah, this one actually, actually, this this North Dakota loss looked worse in my mind than the Portland State loss. Like they just looked like they quit after the first quarter. So yeah, I mean, obviously the the visual on losing yeah, to Portland State looks bad, but don't ooh. forget Grizz fan Nate. He would tell you, you know, if if the Grizz were six and one right now, and that only loss was at North Dakota on the road, feel pretty good about this team. So. Well, I would, yeah, because you know, I wouldn't have. Because if I was a Grizz fan, Nate, I wouldn't have. And they were six and one. I mean, oh man, I'm so glad I'm not a Grizz fan. I am so glad. So I'm glad that's a hypothetical. But um, we're going to talk about Montana State and Idaho um, with our interview this week. Uh, we have Chris Hammond from the Tubs at the Tubs at the Club podcast from the University of uh, Idaho. So they got to come down to Bozeman. They took in the festivities and they saw the 24 to 23 win. Uh, by Montana State. So we're not going to get super deep into that right now, but we are going to look uh, forward to Montana State going to Weber. And I can tell you right now that this game scares the absolute hell out of me. Um, I don't know what to think. Well, I do know what to think. I think that Montana State is going to get their ass kicked. Weber State boasts the number 36 uh, the 36th best offense, I'm sorry, defense in the whole FCS. Montana State comes in with the number um, 63, I'm sorry, the number 81, I'm, my stats are all screwed up, number 81 offense in the uh, in the whole FCS. So you're having a pretty crappy offense going against a top-tier defense. Yep. What they did against Eastern Washington this weekend, or last weekend, uh, only allowing six points, I mean, I look at this game and I almost and I'm almost just looking looking past this one and getting to the uh, Idaho State game because I'm so scared of this game against Weber. Yeah, I mean it's you have a real tough stretch. Um, it is, yeah. And I mean, it, but I, not only is Weber State number thirty six in the country, I believe they're the number one defense in the Big Sky Conference in terms of yes, points they are. per yep. game. North Dakota, I think, is slightly better, but. They're not in our conference, really, though. And they just played the Grizzlies, so it kind of screws up. It's a little bit of an outlier (laughs) in their last game that really improved their defensive rankings. But uh, And Weber State now is the the highest-ranked team in the Big Sky. They took over the number 7 spot in the polls after Eastern Washington's loss. Eastern dropped down to number 9. So I know you don't love hearing about this, but this is is kind of funny. Montana State now will have played, what, the number 4, 7, and now 7 team again in the whole FCS, uh, and I, I think it's going to be their third loss against a ranked, a top 10 team. So they can't catch a break when they're playing a, a, a ranked team. They're all in the top 10, and I just am not looking forward to watching this game. Yeah, I, I mean, I think you are going to be on another continent, so you probably won't be able to watch this game. But I will be in London, that's true. Um, um, but uh, it is on Pluto, and I think that I will be able to access Pluto over there. This, I don't know, though. This game sure. is going to be such a blowout that it is – force you to cross an ocean um i'll say this it'll about, be 11 p.m my time oh, it'll be 11 p.m in london so I, I may be able to talk the girlfriend into letting me take the ipad out and uh watching pluto at whatever bar we're at perfect um i i think that i'll say this we've been doing mint sports now for four seasons this is our fourth season of doing 
sports here at the Montana Mint. I think the Bobcats and the Grizz are about the same talent-wise. Uh, but I, for the first time in four years, I think the Cats are a more fun team to follow than the Grizzlies. Well, if not for just the storylines about you know Troy Anderson totally. and what their what their offense is going to do and how they're going to squeak out a win. Yep. No. Totally. I mean, I think you're right. Yeah. Uh, you know, because we we looked at it before the game last week. We were looking at it, and Western Illinois was the only other like kind of middle of the pack team that Montana State has played had played so far. You know, South Dakota State is another level that the Cats can't compete with right now, and Eastern Washington's also at another level where the Cats can't compete at. And then the other two wins that were sandwiched in there were bottom tier teams, Wagner and Portland State. And so Montana State beat Western Illinois 26-23 in a super hard-fought game that came down to the wire. And then they win by one over Idaho, who is pretty even with Western Illinois, by one. And you can see that the Cats are going to compete with anybody who's not top tier. Like They're not going to compete against a top 15 team right now, I don't think. They yeah. don't have the talent level. But they can... If you take if you go to those middle tier teams, they're gonna it's gonna be a rough game and their offense isn't gonna look great. And they look like they're gonna be getting out of there with some wins though against those middle of the ground teams, which I don't think we would have in a cup in the years past. So I hate to see them have to go play Weber State next week because I just don't think they're on the same level right now with a top ten team. What's the but, what's the line in that game? Uh the line in the Weber State game is going to be Weber State favored by thirteen. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll say I this, can, though. Yeah. I, I think people are – Weber State's very good, but that win against Eastern, to me, is not – doesn't really show anything. I mean, when you're missing your quarterback, who also is True. the best player on your team, that takes something away, right? Like, if you're beating the Brian Hoyer-led Patriots, that's different than beating the Tom Brady-led Patriots. So – Definitely, State, but I mean, Eastern they, had but Eastern had a really good rushing attack this year, yep. and they put the hurt on Southern Utah the the week before. And I know Southern Utah is nowhere near what Weber is, but they still like it wasn't like they went f- to having a linebacker at quarterback. No, that's true. That's a very good point. I was still impressed by the Weber defensive win. Yeah, no, it's, I mean, look, it's the situation they were put in, so they got the W where against the team they were playing, but it's. Had they beat Gage Cabrud, I'd be much more Oh, yeah, more you'd be more impressed. Top, I get that. For sure. For sure. That makes perfect sense. But, yeah, so this game, this, the game coming up this weekend, it's going to be a tough one to watch. I don't have a ton of confidence going into it. And usually, like, I can find a little bit of in the back of my in my heart saying, I think we have a chance, like, maybe, if this mm-hmm. happens or this happens. Like, I was actually even doing that going into South Dakota State and Eastern. I was like, there's a shot, you know, things go right. And this is the, like, first game of this season that my head and my heart are on the same page. And I'm like, God, this is going to be brutal. I hope I'm wrong. Like, I hope yeah. I'm really wrong. Yeah. I'm not as but pessimistic. But I don't think I'm going to be. I'm not as pessimistic as you are. Well, you're kind of it sounds like Montana State's your new little crush team. Mm-hmm. Maybe just just I got UC Anderson. Davis. Parlay has Idaho State now. I think uh, I think Bear Tycoon. He's <laughs> uh, his uh, crush is Montana State. Uh, that's that's like that's like cheating. Part of the state, yeah. My God, yeah. This is this is an affair. It is. So um, it'll be an interesting watch. I'll watch it. I'll, I'll uh, over in London, and I'll say it was an experience watching Montana State play in London. But I I'm not feeling too great about it. Yeah, I got uh, a few Montana State stats, but I'm going to save them for second and ten. Okay. 
All right, so let's uh, yeah, let's get into our second intent now. Well, we have a lot of more, sh a lot more show to come, so we want to get into the second intent, and I'm going to go first. Okay, I'm going to go first this time. Do it. Good luck. Better record. Better record gets to go first. I like so, it. Um, my first one is it was an interesting stat, which is both awesome because it's happening, but impressive for the streak that ended. So Bobby Houck, I read this on the Billions Gazette. Bobby Houck uh, is out of the top 25 in the FCS poll for the first time in 107 weeks as head coach of the Montana Grizzlies. So from 2003 to 2009, he was never his team was never ranked outside the top 25, and. Obviously, they dropped out last weekend after the North Dakota loss. They should have dropped out the week before after the, the uh, Portland State loss. So it should have been 106 weeks. But they gave him one more. They were like, hey, Bobby, you have the chance to stay in this, keep this streak alive, and didn't happen. So Grizz out of the polls under Bobby Houck for the first time in 107 weeks. And another quick tidbit about Houck. You know last week when I said something like the Grizz haven't, won, haven't lost back-to-back -back games in forever? Yeah. The stat that I had actually heard and was trying to recite but got it wrong was that Bobby Houck had never lost back-to-back -back games as head coach of the Grizzlies. Wow. So, yeah, that was the first time as head coach that he lost a back-to-back -back game. So that was the stat I was looking for and failed miserably last week with. But I get to use it this week, thankfully. And there's a little trivia for you. Do you know what, when Bobby Houck took over the Grizz in 2003, do you know what the team was preseason ranked? I have no idea. Fourth. Wow. So when he took over, he inherited the number four team in the preseason polls in the nation. They ended up finishing in 14th in the postseason poll that year, so he dropped him 10. Um, but obviously good things came out of hiring him. But we'll see how it goes. But for the first time in 107 weeks, out of the top 25. Good. Uh, the Grizz don't deserve to be in the top 25. Um, no, they don't at all. Uh, my first one is just uh, the great reporting from the Montana Mint. Holy smokes, did we have a scoop wow, on yeah. Twitter. If you... <laughs> If you follow us, you'll see that we got uh, uh, the news right that Tucker Rovig out for the year. First report by the Montana Mint on Twitter. Unfortunately, uh, we also said that Anderson, Trey Anderson, was going to be out for the game. Our sources uh, were 50% right. We tried to confirm this. Is that good, though? That's pretty good. I think the Rovig thing's pretty good. The Troy Anderson thing... Uh, not Swing great, but you never know. Maybe they're going to put him at wide receiver or kicker. He could start <laughs> anywhere. Uh, we tried to confirm this with Coach Choate, but uh, he's a triple B and blocked us on Twitter, and uh, we can't reach out to him. So uh, we had to go with the sources we had, and this good luck to the or good work to the team for getting that scoop. Yes, 50-50 on a scoop. Yeah. <laughs> if you, <laughs> that's, how, that, if you, that's how you get a job with ESPN. Yeah, if you give us a scoop, we will probably run it. If you just basically tell us anything, someone's going to tweet it out of our account. Yeah. I can guarantee you that. Yes. There's like five people with access to the Montana Mint main account. Someone is going to go in there and tweet it out. Yep, no doubt about it. <laughs> we're, we're very credible journalists. Half the time. Half, 50% of the time we are. Or maybe half of us are and half of us aren't. I don't know. Take that where you will. All right, so I am going to get into the Montana quarterback situation. You just, on my for my second, second and 10, uh, the Montana quarterback situation, like you just said, Rovick out for the year. Anderson, again, will, uh, is on the depth chart as the number one quarterback going into the Weber State game. But Johnson, oh, you know that quarterback that dropped down from an FBS powerhouse? Remember him? No. From Oregon? Well, oh, okay, sure. You wouldn't. Well, you wouldn't because he plays wide receiver now. So you would think if you had a drop-down quarterback who got recruited to play quarterback 
and lost it to a linebacker, and then Rovick goes out, you'd think he'd have the best shot, right, at being the number two guy, QB2? Yes. Yeah. He's not. He's still a wide receiver. And true freshman Casey Bowman uh, out of Sumas, Washington, is now the number two quarterback on the Cats' depth chart. And he has not played a snap this year, but the Cat, he's impressive. 6'6", 225 pounds as a true freshman. Wow, he seems like a, a young Brock Osweiler. Ooh, Osweiler-esque. And if he could have the same college career, I'd be down with that. Uh, actually, I think if he had the same pro career, I'd be down with it too. That'd be pretty cool. But So Casey Baum is the number two. People say he has a rocket arm, much like Josh Allen, I think they say, uh-huh. has the rocket arm. Oh, yeah. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Anderson, obviously, is going to be the number one. The whole offense is, uh, goes through him. But before my time runs out, Jerry's looking at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. With the new redshirt rules in, in the uh, NCAA, Bowman could actually play in four games this year and then still redshirt. Hmm. And the Cats have five games left. So you could actually see Bowman in four of the next five games and see where everything's at, see if he's producing, and then they could redshirt him and he'd be a redshirt freshman next year. So pretty interesting on the Cats' QB situation. I don't like it. It scares me, but we have to play with who we have healthy, I guess. Yeah, well, and, you know, Jeff Choate, when he, at the beginning of the year, he just put all the names in one hat and then all the positions in another hat and just started randomly pulling them out. Um, so we'll see who... That's actually worked really well if that's the way he did it. Yeah. <laughs> we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, <laughs> to, be, to be at this record with a random team put together like that, I'm actually really impressed. Yeah, linebackers at quarterbacks, quarterbacks at receivers. It's all good. Um, Crazy. So building on that, my second second and ten is about your boy Troy Anderson and my boy Troy Anderson and the Whoa, Montana yeah, Sports Boy. It's our boy now. Troy Anderson, who we all love. Uh, as we mentioned earlier, he's going against Weber State this weekend, the number one defense in the Big Sky Conference. Troy Anderson has started four games for the Cats where he has thrown 81 yards, 107 yards, 156 yards, and 91 yards. What is the over under? Well, actually, no, I have an over under for you uh, for the game. <laughs> Uh, 95 yards. Does Troy Anderson go over or under? Under. Yeah, for sure. Under. That was easy. I think you have to put the over under on this week for like 60. Yeah. And even then I'd be like, oh shit, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like look what they did to a non-gabrood quarterback last week. Yeah. No, it's uh, it could get pretty ugly. But they may also be uh, preparing for the game like Montana prepared for Portland State. And the cats sure. may run all over. Them. I mean, they're not that bad. But, uh, so, all right, what do you got? What do you got next? <laughs> all right, my, my third one, uh, my first mention of Davis today. So, the, that Idaho State UC Davis game was ridiculous. So, uh, UC Davis down 17 in the third quarter, comes back to win 44 to 37 in front of 11,000 plus fans, the biggest crowd in UC Davis football history. I've been to that stadium. It's actually kind of cool. It's horseshoed, but it's all concrete. There's no like upper deck or anything like that. No real skyboxes. But uh, Davis is the class or is the top of the big sky right now. I wouldn't say class because I think that's still Eastern. But UC Davis, 3 0 in conference, sitting alone at number one. A great game against Idaho State. The crazy part Idaho State. Last, they missed a last-second field goal in regulation to knock off Davis. Missed it 27 yards, and they missed it, which would have won the game. <laughs> um, but what I wrote in my – I know that's brutal, but what I wrote in my um, power rankings for this week is if you would have told me in 2015 or 16 or 17 that UC Davis and Idaho State were playing for the number one spot in the conference halfway through the season, I would have laughed at you. But that's exactly what happened, and now UC Davis is at the top with a 3-0 record in the conference. Yeah. Do they play... That's freaking crazy. Do they play Eastern? 
Davis? Yeah. Uh, UC Davis this year, I don't believe, plays Eastern Washington. No, they do. I'm sorry. Whoa. UC Davis, by the way, and Jerry's giving us the... Yeah, November 10th. But, yeah, but look at that little stretch. They have Cal, they have Cal Poly this week, eh, but then they go to Montana, which is always going to be tough, versus Northern Arizona at Eastern Washington. So three of their next five games are pretty rough, and it'll really show if they're, if they're for real. Yeah. Um, but they moved up to number 10, though. Yeah. Uh, my third, They're in the top 10 now. My third, second, and 10. Uh, this will be a short one, so we can make up some time. But just North Dakota <laughs> Stadium, uh, watching the game. It seems it's they, they play in the dumb dome. I don't know why a cold weather city would play in a dome. Use the elements to your advantage. But it looks like they're playing in a hollowed-out mall. Like someone took a shopping mall and just demolished everything inside and then put some seats in there. So that's Did it. you see how big that Altera Center logo is on there? Yeah. <laughs> It's literally like 40 yards of logo. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's so bad. It's so bad. Um, but yeah, that still is a fun game to watch. Um, so my number four is a little more fun with the Grizzlies here. But Montana State offered Gresh Jensen last week. He's killing it down in a Fullerton Juco. Um, and Montana State offered him. And not only did Montana State offer him, but Gresh just, I think, driving that knife into Grizzly fans, retweeted it or not retweeted it, but tweeted that he received an offer from Montana State, tweeted out their logo. It's something you never think you would ever see, uh, but Gresh Jensen offered by the Cats and tweeted it out, and maybe he's using it for leverage, but I have a, I just have this thing in my heart where it's a 50-50 shot he could come over to Montana State uh, with some vengeance on his mind and uh, probably become our starting quarterback next year. Uh, if, he, if he went to Montana State and did not start for How you, amazing would that be? No, but just like go for the first one. How amazing would it be if you went to Montana State for storylines? Oh, it would be. I mean, as a Grizz fan, I don't want the Cats to get him because you'll yeah, be much better. But naturally. it would be incredible. Um, okay. Oh man, and he is, and he planned it right where his first cat Grizz would be in Bozeman. Oh, oh man. Um, no, I mean it's a. Uh, uh, it's a great storyline right now, even so. Yeah. That was my fourth, second, and ten. Just because how fun that is. Yeah, my uh, my fourth, second, and ten. Also quarterback related. Um, do you know, out of all the good quarterbacks we have in the league, can you guess who is the leader right now in terms of passing yards per game? Ooh, I'd have to say Jake Mayer-Meyer or Geller out of Idaho State. No, you're right. Mayer-Meyer uh, leading, okay. leading the conference, 326 uh, yards per game. That's awesome. UC Davis, of course, tops in the big sky, but that 326 per game is particularly interesting when you take into account that Troy Anderson only has 435 yards for the year. Total. <laughs> for the year. Yeah. It's not good. So Troy Anderson, uh, it would take Jake Mayermeyer uh, like four and a half quarters to hit Troy Anderson's total for the year. Anyway. That is interesting. That's it. Okay. End so of I'm point. So i my... And a point, it's a good stat. And the second 10 is whatever you want it to be. It's kind of a free range for you to just talk about what you want to Trivia, talk about. Trivia, fun So stats. that was perfect. Yeah. Anything. If anybody has a suggestion for a second and 10, just tweet at us and tell us to talk about it. All right, my final second and 10 for this week, uh, I'm going back to Idaho State, and they actually play a game at Liberty this weekend. So if you remember, Montana played Liberty, what, two years ago? In, or maybe it was three, three years, years ago, ago in Stitt's yeah. first year. Yeah, in Stitt's yeah. first year. Uh, they were FCS at the time, but starting last year, they started the uh, transition up to FBS. So it's actually a middle-of-the-season FBS game for Idaho State. 
And Liberty, located in Lynchburg, Virginia, is a provisional member this year, so they can't go to a bowl game or anything like that, but they are counted as an FBS independent, much like Notre Dame. So they're basically like a Notre Dame. And uh, they will be full-time FBS next year in 2019 where they can go to a bowl game. But what I find these, all these transitions funny is it's not like they went up there in a position of power. Last year, they, took, they, they won a share of the Big South. Oh, uh, wow. With a seven and four, I know, with a share with a record of seven and four, and still didn't make the playoffs. And then they were like, "Yeah, let's go to FBS and see how we can do up there." So I don't, I could not find a line on this game, so we won't do the betting on this one. There's no line published right now, but I think Idaho State can win that game, and I think it will count as an FBS win, which should really help them come Selection Sunday if they need to get in with an at-large bid. Yeah, and why? I mean, uh, they're fully capable of winning this game. Yeah, and it had to be on the schedule when Liberty was still FCS. Yeah, oh, almost. It's such sure. a weird game to put in the middle of a conference season. But it's just, it is really strange. Um, I or Liberty is they it's not strange only are they on its own. Yeah, it's for another pod, but not yeah, only for the political one. <laughs> yeah, not only are they uh, they're going to transition in FBS independent, or they are right now, but they don't even have a conference that like they're in eventually going to there's no plan i tried to look that up you're right that's yeah, a good point i tried to look it up and got distracted and totally forgot that that's what i was looking up. no there's a sbs nation article on it that's just like nope they're just moving up and hoping that things work out uh, they're gonna just try to be like the next other day where they have like their own licensing agreement and make all that money i guess but i mean it's kind of like there is some logic to it like they're in virginia yeah. there's tons of recruits in virginia like blah 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 but uh, I would rather be good in the FCS than Liberty in the FBS. Shitty. Yep. So, and Kinda maybe like maybe they should have been good in the FCS before they tried to move up to the FBS. Exactly. Um, exactly. So, interesting uh, one right yeah. there. But I was interesting. I the only game. other, yeah, the only other more interesting game on the schedule this year is when Idaho goes to Florida for the last game of the season. Um, yes. My fifth, second, and ten is just players of the week. Uh, as you know, the Big Sky Conference gives out a player, three players of the week every week, an offensive, a defensive, and a special teams player. So, so far, there's been 21 players of the week given out. The Montana State Bobcats only have one of those 21. And Bailey. it was your kicker. in Yeah, Wyoming. and it was an amazing kick, too. So, so that is not good. For a team that is, you know, ranked fourth in the Big Sky right now, uh, you think that they'd it's have a team some, game though. You'd think that they would have some more players. Uh, it's a team game. Yeah, yeah, in theory, but uh, pretty weak showing from. <laughs> it's not in theory. That's it's a practice. But anyway, it's not a weak showing. It's a better record. It's a team game. You don't need one standout. So let's get into uh, our crowns of the week. You kind of talked about players of the week. I have my player of the week. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, please. So my crown of the week goes to Jake Mayermeyer of my crush, UC Davis. Um, he went for 382 yards, a comeback win, five touchdowns, career high five touchdowns. Did you know that? No. Which we would be all over if Geller from Idaho State hadn't just thrown for eight the previous week. So, but five, uh, five touchdowns. He had the huge comeback. He threw 13 to he threw 13 completions to his all-star wide receiver Doss for 131 yards, but Jake Mayermeyer is back in my crown. I believe he's won it three or four times now this year. Yeah, and he's awesome. Uh, Geller's obviously having a great season, but my crown for this week, this is kind of like a redemption crown because I feel bad we haven't mentioned him thus far, but Alex Wesley is a 
wide receiver oh, yeah. for Northern Colorado, who is somehow the number one wide receiver in all of the FCS in terms of By total a long yardage. Way. He's got 909 yards. Uh, so I- I'm not saying he had a particularly great game in the in the loss, the 21 point loss to uh, Portland State this past weekend, but. I uh, got to give him a shout out for just repping the Big Sky on a big on a big uh, national stage. Who is your and having to play in Greeley? Yeah. Um, who Who is your team of the week? Uh, my team of the week is who the Cats are going up against next week. Weber State, super impressive. Only allowed two field goals to that high flying Eastern Washington offense. We talked about it, it was a broodless offense, but still, they only allowed 247 total yards to that Eastern Washington team. And Eastern Washington always seems like a team that can plug and play any quarterback. They're like the quarterback U of the Big Sky and of the FCS. And obviously they couldn't do that against Weber State. So I have to give my crown to Weber State because that's something that no teams have really been able to do in shit. I can't remember the last time someone did that to Eastern Washington. Yeah, again, I, I the fact that Gabrud wasn't playing um, kind of diminishes the win for me uh, in terms of giving out crowns. So I'm going to give it to UC Davis, 5-1 and one on the year, undefeated in the big sky. Their only loss this year is to Stanford. And if, yeah. if, it was respectable. if we were, if the Bobcats were 5-1 and one with their only loss being to Stanford or the Grizz were 5-1 and one with their only loss being to Stanford, I would be so excited I couldn't do a podcast. I would be able I would to be buying my tickets to Frisco. Yeah, so like the idea For that, real. Like I would already be taking that time off of work and buying my plane yeah. ticket down to Dallas. So UC Davis, if you look at their their remaining schedule, um they're at Cal Poly. We've kind of went through this Cal Poly, Montana, Northern Arizona, Eastern, Sac State. There's not really a, a gimme game in there. So They're gonna have to earn yeah, it. Yeah, they're gonna have to earn it, but uh it's pretty exciting because if they win out and that's their schedule, this is or uh, you know win most of those games. This isn't a Sac State situation from last year where they won no. out over a bunch of shit. This is running the gauntlet. This is yeah. uh, you know they are playing some very good schools. So UC Davis, you got my crown of the week for this week, and it, All right. we'll go from there. All right, so now we are going to go into our interview this week. It's Chris Hammond of the Tubs at the Club Podcast for the Idaho Vandals. So we are going to uh, join him. All right, we are here with Chris Hammond, who runs Tubs at the Club, the University of Idaho fan account doing everything Vandals. He was in Bozeman last week for that heartbreaker, if you're a Vandals fan, against Montana State. So, Chris, thanks for joining us. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on, guys. Thanks for still wanting to talk to us after the Bobcat win last week. We appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, well, you, you know, sometimes you uh, it, it hurts to hear from the, uh, or hopes to hear from the other's point of view on uh, what happened to help you digest what happened yourself. Definitely, definitely. So, um, first off, you were at the game uh, last weekend in Bozeman, so I just want to start off. First question, how did you like Bozeman as a city and a college town? Yeah, it was... Uh, Awesome. Um, you know, I didn't know too much about Bozeman before going. Um, I'd been to Missoula a couple times, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's a cool place. I like how there's multiple different areas where you can you know eat and drink, and a lot of real fun spots. The downtown's a nice little jaunt down Main Street. Um, yeah, that everybody was pretty hospitable and very genuine, which was you know, nice. Just about every bar we went to, no matter. I was wearing Idaho stuff before the game, during the game, after the game, or just 
know, regular old street clothes. Uh, it's like up a conversation with anybody. So, uh, nice. to the, the people of Bozeman for for being so hospitable. We we had a real real good time. It's a awesome college town. Um, you know, I, I had no idea it was uh, as big as it is and as successful it is. I've been actually doing a lot of research on it since. It was a it was a really cool place. Very cool. We're glad you had a great time there. So. Uh, I didn't know if Barry Tycoon, who's on the on the line with us, if you got the first question or oh, what man. you want to talk about. I do. So I think this is just a kind of a, a easy question for you. But so Paul Petrino, do you think he is purposely uh, trying to lose games to get fired? Because <laughs> I, he, I don't think he's per- he, purposely. The idea that Idaho used all three timeouts in the first five minutes of the game is insane to me. And the, I mean, just how poorly the, the timeout situation was handled in the game. Uh, I, I don't know if it it cost you the game, but it certainly cost Idaho a chance to uh, come back after uh, they missed the extra point. Oh, yeah, d- definitely. Um, you know, and it's actually two weeks in a row now that we had that same situation in the first quarter. We blew all three of our timeouts in the very first drive uh, against Idaho State. Uh, and then, you know, last week, definitely only having, burning through two timeouts, you know, in the beginning of the second quarter was big, and then obviously burning through them in the first five minutes. The first quarter was, you know, affected maybe how we could have controlled the end of the game there, whether, um, you know, it would have led to more points or not, you know, who knows. But, uh, yeah, definitely the second half. I mean, Jeff Choate said it in this, in this post-game conference that, you don't expect when you get the ball back with three minutes and 20 seconds or whatever it was that one first down is going to win it for you. Usually teams have two or three timeouts left. But, uh, yeah, it was just two Troy Anderson runs, and they could just milk the clock from there. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of it stemmed from uh, he put a lot on the quarterback, his son, Mason Petrino's shoulders, and they just keep getting their backs up against the uh, the old game clock there. and had to burn a couple and then I don't know magically after that we I think we only had one delay a game so I don't know what it was coming out after the quarters and just misconviewed um you know direction from the coach but yeah there's definitely some struggles there that we, we need to figure out because you're not going to win many games if you really only have one timeout to use as you'd you know prefer to what was your thought in the stadium when they were lining up for that last kick how confident were you that it was going to go in well, so we're in the away section, right? So it's the opposite goal pose. I saw it went in. I was really confused. Like, <laughs> everybody I started cheering, and yeah, everybody started looking around. Like, did we just miss that? And then it looked like they might have been reviewing it. I don't know if they did because you know you can't watch replays of root sports. But uh, yeah, so and then I guess our coach was thinking that they might have hit the kicker. But yeah, I was just everyone there was you know still there, absolutely dumbfounded. It was. Uh, we thought it went in, and it looked like it went in, and then um, from everything I've heard, it was definitely missed. And so, you know, you just sit there and go, "How do you you miss an extra point?" Especially when he's a he's a pretty good kicker. He's actually a really good kicker. He was, you know, I think second team All Sun Belt last year as a freshman for kicking and punting. So, um, and he had two awful punts in that game. So, you know, everyone has a bad game, and uh, you know, maybe it was a blessing in disguise. It was pretty cold there, and maybe over time. Wouldn't have been the best for my, you know, my toes, but uh, I was ready to power through. But yeah, definitely a, a tough way to go out. So coming into that, I mean, Montana State was on a bye week before this. So they had two weeks going against the Vandals team. 
Vandals team. And from what I saw, the Cavs came out pretty lackluster. Um, we're kind of getting used to our offense just coming out really flat and then Troy having to basically carry the team uh, to get them uh, even get them back into a game and, and, and get these wins, these hard-fought wins against evenly matched teams. But um, when you, I don't know how much you saw Troy Anderson play before this game, but what did you think about a guy like that playing quarterback and did he remind you of Tim Tebow at all? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I watched the first bit of your guys' first game against Western Illinois uh, and then I watched also the first half against Eastern Washington. So I was pretty familiar with Troy Anderson, and uh, he's 100% the reincarnation of Tebow. If, <laughs> I think he's faster, honestly. Like, it, it was amazing some of the plays um, he was able to make, not just the two touchdown runs, but just in general, whether it be, you know, buying more time with his legs or, you know, just rolling out for the short little gains, how he's not running some of our linebackers. And we have a rather athletic linebacker core. But, yeah, he's a... He's a freak of nature. Um, not a, uh, to be fair, not a very good quarterback in the no. terms of throwing the ball. But <laughs> not, <laughs> not very good at all. No, he was missing like easy little short yards of the field bubble screens. But uh, you know, doesn't matter if he can win. So he's a gamer, just like Tebow. Might not be the best quarterback, but he'll find a way to win. The so, uh, loss, definitely, yeah. So Idaho goes, right now Idaho, uh, the first year obviously dropping down to the big sky, into the FCS. Uh, the record sits at 2-4 and four and 1-3 and three in conference. So now that you've had your four games in, obviously it's not what any Vandal fan thought it was going to be coming into this conference year. So what are your thoughts right now? You've had a couple of days to digest a, a, a hard loss, obviously when you miss an extra point um, that's going to tie the game. What are your thoughts right now on where the Vandals are at in the conference? Yeah, so this year, you know, it's just kind of odd scheduling for us. You know, like you said, beginning of the year, looked like we had a really good shot to do some real good things. It's our first year back in the conference. You know, Idaho State, UC Davis, Portland State, not considered very good teams, but, uh, you know, UC Davis and uh, Idaho State have turned it up this year, been two of the biggest surprises in the conference, so... Having them on the docket looked like a blessing, but it turned out to be, you know, not. And then Portland State, we didn't have an impressive win against them, but uh, as, you know, some of the listeners on your pod know that, you know, they're not someone they exactly take lightly anymore. So they've dropped off two in a row uh, in the last couple of weeks. And then Montana State's a team that I've felt has been very underrated all year in the fact that, you know, they had a, a closer than a lot of people would have thought lost to Eastern Washington and then just. You know, a bad loss to San Diego or uh, South Dakota State, but you know, starting a freshman quarterback in, in a very hostile environment against what could be a national championship caliber team is, uh, you know, I could easily see them making the playoffs. They they got a lot of work ahead of them, but our three conference losses could very well be the three representatives in the playoffs for the Big Sky Conference. So, as far as this year, it, it kind of stinks. But going forward, I, I don't see us becoming hopefully. You know, like a Sac State or even an Idaho State yeah. for that matter. I, I think we're having just a, a down year. Maybe that was guys not taking the competition level as serious as they used to at the beginning of the year and putting in the work. But, uh, you know, our recruiting habits are going to change now that we're in the big skies. We'll start recruiting more local guys where games like this are, are going to matter more. And, you know, I'm just I'm glad to be back. It was fun going to Bozeman. I uh, can't wait to go to Missoula. Um, 
So I'm glad to be back in the big sky for sure. But yeah, not not the way we wanted to make our, our entrance. So you, Idaho had their bye week in week two or three this year, week three this year. Um, so you are playing every week here on out. You have Southern Utah at home this weekend, then you go to Eastern Washington, which maybe Gage Gabrud is back by then. Uh, then you have North Dakota, Montana, and then you go to Florida. Out of those five remaining games, how many wins do you think Idaho can realistically get? Probably two. Um, if they put it together, three. It's just we've got a weird quarterback situation going on right now where it's a battle between the 5'10 coach's son and uh, 6'4", 264 kid with a cannon who kind of struggles with his accuracy. And it's not so much one of them is better than the other one or not. It's more the uh, – it's a fair rotation. It's you get a series, you get a series. So when one gets in rhythm, they don't necessarily stay in the game. So it's really been detrimental to us this season. Um, I think maybe if the coaching staff sticks out with one guy, we'll see. It's our homecoming weekend this weekend. We've won 13 out of our last 14 homecomings. So, you know, hopefully we can sneak up on, well, not so much sneak up, but take care of business like we should against Southern Utah, who's a team who I think is not quite as bad as the record shows, but I still think we should have the upper hand and be able to win that one hopefully by double digits. But, uh, you know, we'll see with Eastern having the backup quarterback. That's one that might have become a little bit more winnable than it looked going forward. But, you know, North Dakota's looking like they're going to be a tough challenge, but, no, I know a lot of people on here are Grizz fans, but uh, for us, we're viewing the Montana game as our biggest rivalry now. It's the return of the Little Brown Stein. So for us, I think that's senior night. It's Dad's weekend in Moscow. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to show up for that one. A lot of the people that wanted to move to the Big Sky wanted it for the Montana game, so they'll be showing up. Um, that, that's probably our next most likely win, the way the Grizz are playing right now. Now, if they find stride with Dalton Sneed, like they did early in the year, then things looked a lot different. But uh, after the Portland State and the uh, North Dakota game, looking a little bit more even, we'll see. We had North Dakota the week before, so we'll, we'll, we'll see how we do against them. But right now it's looking like that might be our, our best two shots at a win, but neither one of them are going to be easy. All right. Well, hey, Chris, we got the, the Grizz game coming up, as you mentioned, in November. Let's make sure to get you back on the pod then to kind of see where things are going. Hot take, Nate, do you got any more questions? Um, how amazing was that Griff loss to North Dakota? Was anybody you in know, the stadium, I, did everybody in the stadium or anybody around you, were they talking about that? Because that game started two hours before the Cats game. Was anybody yeah, talking you know, to you first, about that Grizz ass-kicking? Yeah, first, first impression of the, uh, the Bobcat tailgate. Cut across a nice snow bank, and uh, there's a nice RV with a fire, and sure enough, everybody's just sitting there watching the Grizz game. I think it was 21 minutes at that point, or 14 one zero, and then you know the game started by so the time the that game ended. Guys, game. That means you guys are watching the first two minutes of the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And you know, I, I think it might have been actually louder when they put up the Grizz final score than it was when we missed our extra point, so... Wow. Well, that, that is one thing that Bobcat fans are known for. We hate the Grizz sometimes more than we like to see our team win, I think. Yeah, and, well, uh, it says a lot. A, my favorite team is... Go ahead. Uh, I should say, yeah, yeah. You know, as a, a Vandal, favorite team is always the Idaho Vandals, and the second favorite team is uh, whoever's playing Boise State that week. So, exactly. I, I feel That's the exactly back how I feel as 
<laughs> All right. All right. Well, yeah. we, we appreciate it again. Uh, really glad you enjoyed Bozeman, and we will have you back on for sure before that uh, Idaho-Montana game. So, again, uh, Chris Hammond. It's Chris underscore P underscore Hammond on Twitter. Uh, you can go talk to him there. He's always talking big sky. And then the podcast Tubs at the Club, and that's also on Twitter, uh, at Tubs at the Club. So, hey, we appreciate it, um, and we uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Later, yeah, Chris. Thanks for having me on, and uh, go, go Vandals. All right. All right, so thanks to Chris again, Tubbs at the Club, for joining us talking Idaho-Montana State. That interview was brought to you by the Hotel Finland, located in the gorgeous city of Butte, Montana, in the heart of Montana, the crown jewel of Uptown. The Hotel Finland offers affordable luxury options at the same price or cheaper as those boring hotel chains that you'll stay on at along the interstate. Yeah, and who wants to stay along the interstate when, when you can stay at the Hotel Finland you have great rooms. You got uh, you're right uptown, right near all the restaurants, and it's the best place for drinks and conversation in all of Butte. You got the Cavalier Lounge, lounge attached to the hotel. Cavalier Lounge attached to the hotel, and uh, you have some great drinks. They have the smooth operator that we talk about every week. They infuse delicious juices with your beer. It is awesome. I would recommend it to anybody. Nate, when you're in Butte, where do you stay? I'm obviously staying at the Hotel Finland, and you know where I book my room at? Where? Finland.com. F-I-N-L-E-N.com. It's the only place I will stay in Butte. It's walking distance to all the amazing bars and restaurants in Uptown. Like we were saying, in Montana, chains are for tires. They're not for hotels. I like that one. That's a good one. That is a good one. So, always stay at the Finland. Always get my beer at the Cavalier Lounge. Always take advantage of that smooth operator, because it's the only one in the United States. So we love the Finland. We book our rooms at finland.com, F-I-N-L-E-N.com. Tell them the Montana Mint sent you there. You'll love it. So Hotel Finland, thank you again. They keep the lights on at the Montana Mint, so stay there when you're in Butte, America. Yeah, thanks, so we're Finland. Gonna get, yeah, thanks, Finland. Is that good? Is that, are we going to get our money? We're in. For that ad yep. Jerry's Jerry's <laughs> yeah. nodding. We're good. Well, I don't think it wasn't our best effort, but F-I-N-L-E-N.com, one last shout out so that they don't get mad for us giggling through the first part of it. All right. So let's, let's so um, speaking of uh, humor, uh, our resident gambling expert, Montana Parlay, uh, his suspension continues. Uh, we have not heard from him for a week. So not only is he um, not being responsive, he is still suspended. Um, so we do not know when he will be coming back, but we do want to announce that last week uh, there are two new gambling experts in-house, and it happens to be Bear Tycoon and myself. Yeah, congrats to us. We both Con- dominate. Pat on the back. Yeah. Dominate. So Bear Tycoon last week, big sky against the spread. Bear Tycoon went 3-3. Three and three. Your leader in the clubhouse, Nate, went 4-2. and two. So I took the, took the first initial crown um, from Bear Tycoon. We both lost that e- Easter Washington game on that surprise against Weber. Uh, I lost that Sac State game, so I picked Sac State, where Bear Tycoon won that one, and then uh, Bear Tycoon lost the Montana State and the UC Davis games against the spread. Are you ready for this week? I can't wait. Redemption time? Yep. Is it redemption time for you? All right, so once again, we're going to go through the Big Sky lines. We're going to look at which team we're going to pick. We'll talk about it on next week's pod, and then we'll give our G chain, the guarantee chain, um, which will count for two wins. It's a new rule I just made up as I was re- thinking about this right now. Okay, good. I'll let me the get G back in. The G chain is two wins. Yes, okay. I have to let you back in it somehow. So we're going to start out with our first Big Sky Conference game of the week. 
Northern Arizona at Powerhouse Northern Colorado. <laughs> NAU right now is favored by 12, so it's NAU minus 12. Who are you taking? Ooh, well, normally I would say it would depend on if Case Cookus is playing, but we know two things. We can never figure out what his injury status is, and also it won't matter. Northern Arizona is going to roll over these guys. I am picking them without any hesitation. Me too. And when I actually saw that line, I was like, how the hell is NAU only giving 12 points? I know it's not fun to agree, but um, being the expert on this podcast, I have to go with NAU. And that, after we get through this, that might be my G chain. Yeah, I'm thinking about it. That's spicy. It is spicy. So our next one, uh, Idaho State and Liberty. We we are not going to pick this one because there are no published betting lines yet on that one. But if you do want to watch it, it is on ESPN3. See if Idaho State can pick up their uh, an FBS win in the middle of the season uh, to help them get in the playoffs. So the next one, Southern Utah at Idaho. We just talked to Chris. Southern Utah is a two and a half point dog at Idaho. So the Vandals favored by two and a half. You know, I like Idaho to win this. Um straight up and so i guess i will pick them southern utah is not really shown a lot this year in idaho everything that we've said about them all year still is true they still have fbs talent um they're playing this game at home and they know that they have to win this uh to salvage any type of a decent season so um i'm picking idaho to win outright and to cover well i i I, when i initially looked at this line i was going to take idaho minus two and a half but Southern Utah, are they getting a little frisky? I know it's Sac State, but they beat them by 21 last week. And we know they're better than their record says they are. I'm not an Idaho believer yet. I'm going to take Southern Utah plus two and a half. Okay, bad news for Vandals. Bad news for Vandals fans out there. And sorry to Tubbs at the club, but I'm, I'm taking Southern Utah plus two and a half. All right, so the next one uh, we're going to go to is the Montana Star. We'll go to we'll skip over that one for right now. We'll go to the UC Davis at Cal Poly game. UC Davis is a ten and a half point favorite on the road in, on the Central Coast. So Davis minus ten and a half against Cal Poly. Who do you got? Why, why don't you pick this one first? I feel bad always going first. Well, it's my crush. I'm, thank you for that. That's really nice of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to take Davis. I'm going to take them minus 10.5. I think they're too good. Uh, I know it's on the road, but they don't have to travel very far. It's about a four- or five-hour drive down from Sacramento to Cal Poly. I know it's tough to win at Cal Poly, but if the Grizz could do that to Poly on the road, um, I think Davis can do it to Poly on the road. So I'm taking Davis minus 10.5 against Poly. Okay. Uh, 10.5 just seems a bit high. I think UC Davis wins this game. Um for sure, but I mean that's that's ten and a half points is a lot. I'm I'm gonna go Pauly. Um they've okay. they've been looking okay. I think they've won their past two. Um and yeah, no, I I feel pretty confident in, in Pauly. Well actually Cal Poly was on a bye last week, so they got the shit kicked in by the Grizzlies two weeks ago and then <laughs> Never mind. Beat Sacramento State, yeah. So, well, I'm glad you picked. Uh, oh you no, made that I, pick, I was looking at uh, Portland State's win streak. So, well, uh, less confident. You, well, you picked Polly. Yeah, I but you still picked them. Him. It's all good. Okay. All right, we're gonna skip to the final game on the slate before we come back to that Montana State one. It's North Dakota at Sacramento State. So Sacramento State looking a lot more weak right now. This is another one that maybe you, you double it up. Is UND only minus six and a half at Sac State? Hmm. I know who I'm taking. Okay, well, I mean... I'm taking UND all the way, minus six and a half. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm trying to think of 
a reason to go otherwise, but North Dakota's looked tough in every game they've played. So, And this is the return of Nate Keddingringham back to Sac State. So he, we talked about it in the last pod. He transferred to North Dakota last year, so it's his first year he could play since he had to sit out a year. So Nate Kedringham is back in Sacramento, leading the Fighting Hawks this time. But Yeah, uh, well, I, remember, you, I remember him. He hit his first seven passes against the Grizz. So first drive, oh, yeah. seven for seven, and a touchdown. Yeah, it was... That was an ass kicking. So you're taking UND. Yes. All right. So finally, we'll come back to the game that we most care about. It's Montana State at Weber State. We talked about this line a little bit earlier in the podcast, but Weber State opens up as a 13 point favorite hosting the Bobcats. Ooh. This one might get my G chain. Whoa. I like the Cats. At 13 points. I like the Cats. I, I, I think Weber State's good, but have they shown any ability to put up a ton of points? No. They right now are ranked dead last in the big sky in terms of points forced. 83 points forced in big sky games. Uh, I guess they've only, they may have played less. No, everyone's played three. Yeah, I I think the Cats are going to score a small amount of points, and I think Weber State's going to win, but I don't think they're going to blow them out. Yeah, and I think... Uh... Initial reaction after what they did against Eastern Washington last weekend, I was thinking I'm going to take Weber State with the points or giving them, laying the points. Um, but right now, after you, like kind of what you said, Weber's offense is not good. Um, Montana State's offense is not good. Weber has the better defense, but does that translate into a 13 point better team? I personally don't think so. I think uh, I'm agreeing with you here. I'm going to take Montana State getting 13. I don't think Montana State wins this game, but I think they keep it within two touchdowns. Um, I'll tell you what. So I think I'm, the Cats could win this game, and I'm giving this. Oh wow! I'm giving this my G chain. All right, so the G chain for Bear Tycoon is going on the Montana State Weber game. He's taking MSU plus thirteen. I'm writing it down as we speak. Okay. My my G chain. I am going to go with my original thought. I'm going to put the G chain on NAU laying twelve against Northern Colorado in Greeley. So you've got my G chain there. We got Bear Tycoons down here. So even we both picked Montana State, but if the, that game ends up being right, he gets two wins for that one. So that is our that's and our gambling for this point, week. Point of clarification on the G chain: it can count as two wins, but it only counts as one loss. Correct. Yes, and we just clarified that right now because we literally just made this up as I was uh, introducing this segment yep. that it counts for two. So uh, pretty fun there. We'll see how we can do again. I'm at four and two right now. Bear Tycoon at three and three. We'll see what we do after this week's five games. But if we don't talk about gambling, which game, if you take out the Montana State game, because that's you know obviously the one that we're going to watch the most being from Montana, which game are you most looking to looking forward to seeing this week in the Big Sky? I think the one that I'm most interested in the outcome of is the Southern Utah at Idaho game, um, just because I think yeah. I just want to see who wins that. Um, the game that I'm most interested in watching, though, besides the Cats game, is UC Davis at Cal Poly. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I would say if North Dakota was still in the conference and, you know, was going for a conference crown and kind of mattered in that, say, I'd say I'd want to see that North Dakota-Sacramento State game to see if North Dakota can follow up that win against the Grizz. But uh, I'm going to go with you. It's that UC Davis-Cal Poly game to really see if UC Davis can you know, lay it on another team and, and keep the kind of magical season going. Yeah, runner-up would be Idaho State at Liberty. Um, Just to see if Idaho State yeah. can an FBS win. Yeah. 
That's the only reason. So a pretty, a pretty good slate of games. It is always, you know, two weeks ago when Montana State was on a bye, you feel a little bit lonely not having two Montana teams out there. Yeah. Um, it it kind of sucks. So we're looking forward to getting back into it. Um, well, you guys, I, I won't be on the pod next week, but uh, you guys will get back into it, being able to talk about both uh, teams on the t- for the 27th games. But So that's the re- Big Sky Roundup, the gambling. Uh, we'll post our picks on Twitter so that you can see them and make some money and follow me because um, I would have won more money last week. So the, as many of you know, is there anything else you want to say to the Big Sky? Nope. Okay. So as many of you know, we are the number one Calgary Stampeders podcast in the United States. Yep. Go Stamps. Um, there's... Go Stamps. We're huge Stamps fans, and I am sorry to report that for the first time in our Stamps tenure um, in that top spot, we took an L last weekend. No, dear. Took an L to the, I know, uh, to the BC Lions, a 26-21 loss. We could have clinched home field in the playoffs had we won this game against BC. Came out flat. We didn't score for like four consecutive quarters if you go back to the Montreal game. A little worried about my Stamps. I... Uh, went on record in the Slack um, chain that we have in the Montana Mint offices saying, I don't see how the Calgary Stamps don't win the championship this year. I may have to walk that back a little bit and, you know, not look so far ahead. Well, I mean, look, it's easy to, in the NFL, if you take your foot off the gas pedal, uh, once you clinch playoffs and things are going pretty well, on every possession, you have at least four downs to get things moving in the CFL you only have three downs the stamps took their foot off the the gas pedal and has had very little time to recuperate from that I'm not too worried about it as you know I'm a a huge stamps guy uh Dickinson Singleton all of our connections to this team I've been following them for years and am still very optimistic about about their chances who do they have this week well, this week we're going up against the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, which probably before I was a Stamps fan was my favorite name in the CFL. Yeah. Um, if not only for, I mean, every single person our age in the United States is going to just think of DMX when they think of the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. But yeah, Saturday at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, week 19. Isn't that funny to say? Yeah. Week 19 of the regular season. So we'll be taking on the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. Again, we only have to win one out of our last like three or four games to clinch home field. So it wasn't we'll a fine. huge deal. Yep. We'll be all right. Fine. But the, but, uh, but Montana State alum, Travis Lule, uh led the BC Lions to victory. So there is a little silver lining for us Montana State fans mm. um, in this loss. I know it's not one that Alex would like to hear, friend of the pod. But uh, Lule went 14 of 26 for 193 yards. Uh, Singleton, our boy, had seven tackles, led the defense, led the team, uh, and they basically allowed nothing to happen in the second half. So looking forward to this game against Saskatchewan to see what we have. Uh, We need to make some adjustments. Dave Dickinson, he's going to make those adjustments, and I think we'll get back on on the right track here uh, this weekend against Saskatchewan. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I'm excited. But you know what? I'm glad that we got to talk this through. Uh, it does help um, when you get to talk over a, a brutal loss like that um, with a fellow fan like yourself. Yeah, no, it's uh, so. Thank you. Yeah, thanks yeah. for being there for me. Yeah, thank you for being there for me. So that's our that's our stamps update. Uh, go stamps and go Singleton. So <laughs> I was gonna let you lead this in, but it's exciting news, and I'll lead you in and let you announce this. Thank you. We had quite the Sunday at the Montana Mint headquarters. If you follow us on Twitter, you know exactly what we're talking about. I'm just going to let you take the lead right here. Sunday morning, I was down. I was in a low place. The Grizz As you season just evaporated before my eyes. 
earlier that day, and then you started seeing rumblings on Twitter that Ryan Tannehill's shoulder was hurt and that our boy Brock Allen Osweiler was getting the start against the Chicago Bears. Not only, the bear killer. Not only did he start, he dominated. Three, 380 yards through the air, three touchdowns, two heroic interceptions, and eight yards rushing. Brock took down Chicago, who a lot of folks think uh, pretty good out in the NFC. Not so much. Brock undefeated against Chicago in his career as a Bronco, Texan, and now Dolphin. And preview for next week's Osweiler Watch, Brock's getting the start against Detroit. That's a winnable game. Yeah. So, Brock, we may, we may live in a, in a world where Brock Osweiler is 2-0, and, you know, looking pretty good in terms of playoffs. The, the Dolphins right now are 4-2. and two, So assuming Brock gets the big victory next week against the Lions, they'd be 5-2. and two. Ooh, is that a quarterback controversy in South Florida? 100%. I it's think been so. All season. I think so. I think that I we, think we are the... may start a stronger whisper campaign up here in the north to, to get th- things going in Miami. I think we were the first to actually put that idea out there that Tannehill can't, can't last the whole year and that Brock should have been playing... Uh, and it happened, and we were proven right once again. Yeah, um, great work, Brock. Number one, we're, we're great work us. Um, pat ourselves on the back. Yeah, I mean, we called it. It's Brocktober. It was super fun to see him out there. And after that, when he ran out there, just looked like an excited Montana boy playing in the snow in his hometown of Kalispell, even though it was at the Hard Rock Cafe Stadium in Miami. But almost the same thing. Yep. And I downloaded a whole bunch of gift makers on my phone. I was pumping out Brock gifts left and they right. They were good. Thank you. The evil, like the evil Knievel esque one, where he's in like the um, yeah. Stars and Stripes rocket ship, is my favorite. <laughs> that one's absolutely hilarious. Anything that had to do with rockets that was in this app, Brock's face was plastered on it. We're super pumped uh, and looking forward to this big game against the Lions. I think maybe we're now the the official. Well, we've always been the official Brock Osweiler podcast. You know, we cannot part of be, my take is like trying to get in on this. I know. We cannot be the official uh, Dolphins podcast, but maybe the no. official Dolphins second team podcast. Anyways, we're we're in the mix for top 25 Dolphins podcast. 100%. There's no way we're not. And we are the number one, no matter what, how many listeners pardon my take gets and Barstool Sports gets. We're still the number one Brock Osweiler podcast. We've been there since the beginning. Um, they're trying to steal our, our thunder. They, they, they saw what we were doing and they saw the response to this segment and they, they stole it. Yep. It's like when Google steals technology from, a, from another smaller company that just has a great idea. These other guys are yep. taking our Brock watch. Um, one last thing before we go. Just want to give a shout out to our boy Josh Hustis. Uh He officially signed with the Spurs G League team, the Austin Spurs. So honestly, like really no better. I'd rather live in Austin than in San Antonio. So this might actually... They're both nice places. I lived in San Antonio. Yeah, Austin is... Austin's great. Austin's amazing though. You're right. Yeah, so good for Josh. He's living in one of the best cities in the country. Um, And once these games start up, I don't know if we can get the box scores for the G League games in real time. We definitely can. But we're definitely going to be the number one Austin Spurs podcast at least in Montana. Ooh. We are killing the podcast game. It's better to be good at a lot of things than great at one, and I think we're trying to pull that off. Totally. So, uh, yeah, so Houston, we got NBA started up last night, and we're excited to have that back. It gives us a little more to talk about when it comes to Josh. So we have 
you know, we have the playoff baseball playoffs. We have the Osweiler watch. We have Houston's going on. We have Cagurs. It's a perfect sports overlap of everything we like to watch. Yeah. And Nate will be out of the country next week, so we'll see who our guest host is. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned. Yeah. I, I think Parlay will still be suspended, unfortunately. Well, um, if he doesn't get back to us, he's, I mean, what's that called when you just don't sub, um, I'm losing the word here. This always happens at the end of our podcast when we try and talk, and it's just like, let's end it, but we keep going. Yeah, we should painfully. end it. I'm just going to miss okay. you next week, but. I'll miss you. I'll miss you too, and I'll I'll try and send a postcard from, from London, and uh, I'll be wearing my cat stuff next Saturday. Um, I believe it still will be Saturday in America as well. Yeah. So uh, I think it's an, like I said, it's an eleven o'clock start. I'll I'll be wearing my Montana mint hat and my cat's gear, and we'll see what we can do. Looking sharp. All right. Have a good trip, buddy. All right. Appreciate it. See you guys. Good ending. <laughs>